And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. When the choice seems to be to tear down the church or build a wall around it, we aim to walk the narrow road of nuance through the wilderness between the warring factions and try to figure out what it means to love God and people well. So the Beatitudes. So the Beatitudes. We've taken a little bit of a break from them, not intentionally, really. We just had other stuff to talk in, about. In your life or just in the episode? How, Can how it be both? How did you go with your break? Can it be both? Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of the whole reason for this series, right? A break in my life sounds great. <laughs> Let's oh. make that happen. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and rather than a break from the Beatitudes, I think what we've been talking about is a lot of people, um, whether rather unintentionally or intentionally, uh, just don't have much room in their lives for the actual Beatitudes. Whoops. What's that? I said, whoops. Whoops. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, as long as you say whoops, everything's okay, right? <laughs> uh, there was a, uh, when I was younger, I was part of a church in which the pastor would off, whenever he would drop a truth bomb, not whenever, there were sometimes when he would drop a particularly hefty truth bomb, he'd say, oops. Mm. It was great. <laughs> sometimes that's all you can say, I guess. Yeah. At least initially, but. So, yeah. Oops. So we've done, how many episodes have we done on a this few. thus far? Three? Yeah, three or four. So we are on verse... Is it six? six? Yeah. Yeah. Which happens to be the fourth of the Beatitudes. Well, go hey, on, buddy. Then. I'm going to have to eat lunch a little later, okay? Thank you, though. <laughs> I was being reminded it was lunchtime. Yeah. Speaking of lunch (laughs) and being hungry. (laughs) Master of the transitions, Ryan Howell, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, you were about to say something before I went there, but. Oh, goodness. I don't remember. I done did it. Yeah, you did. So I, I have, this is going to sound like a stupid thing to say. I have always it's liked this. not the this first time. No, it's really not. Uh, <laughs> I, I've always really liked this one. That's a stupid thing to say. The, this um, this verse, this, this beatitude out of all of these um, has been one that has captured my attention because I think they're all profound, but that mm-hmm. for whatever reason, this one landed on me. And something that just kind of as a larger part of the conversation, I was reading it earlier this morning to kind of, trying to get my mind right before we started talking and we observed in a previous episode that I don't I can't say for sure that this is intentional because I'm not equipped with enough scholarly tools to say definitively that this is what's happening but in general the biblical authors in both the old and new testaments they construct 
the the scriptures with such a degree not just of artistic flourish but there are layers upon layers upon layers of meaning in every word in here and in its connections to every other word in in this mm-hmm. book and that the parable Jesus tells about the the storehouse and finding the pearl and you know this inexhaustible treasure that is the scriptures that God has given us as a resource i think the, we, we observed a couple of conversations back that, or wondered out loud, I guess is a better way to put it, that I wonder if these are all in order for a reason. Well, of course yeah. they're free. Of course they are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it may not be obvious. I, I think we've talked about our tendency to read the Bible and particularly the New Testament as a bunch of little pithy sayings that may or may not be true given on the day right. and not like a masterwork tapestry that's doing something to you as the reader. And that I think... We observed a relationship between some of the Beatitudes and each other. It, it doesn't seem to be just a list, does it? No, no, definitely not. It is It is so much more than that. So we started out with blessed are the poor in spirit, and that segues into blessed are those who mourn, because you can't mourn if you're not poor in spirit. Mm-hmm. And blessed are those who have their power under control, for they shall inherit the earth. Well... How can you have your power under control if you are not poor in spirit and you don't know how to lament? And yeah. then, so so we were just kind of noticing and wondering out loud the the connections between the two and the what it seems like now that now that I read them again after so many years in a sustained way like we're doing that it, it just it seems like they all build on each other and they're pointed towards something. And so uh, I just wanted to mention that, that the further into these we get, the more that that definitely seems to be true, that there is an intent on the part of the author and the Holy Spirit to say more than one thing at a time with these. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think we even kind of talked about, you know, that process of sanctification and as you grow into those things. And yeah, you're right. I mean, not that we have this whole thing figured out or we've discovered some missing truth or anything, but there's... Uh, clearly, clearly more there than what you see if you just read it looking for, you know, some little saying to put on a bumper sticker or something. Yeah, and we've repeatedly observed that the the Psalm 1 method of reading and meditating on the scriptures is that go chew on them in the literal mm-hmm. sense, because that's the word that's used, and that the parable Jesus tells about the storehouse is blessed is he who brings out treasures old and new, that it's it's an inexhaustible store of valuable things that you can continue to delve into in different ways and that that's what it was designed to be. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And it's interesting you look back at that because that word chew and actually understanding what that means and allowing yourself to see that it's more than just, Oh, that's cool. You know, I'm going to write that down and look at it in the mornings on my mirror or something. Not not that that's bad. If anyone does Mm -hmm. that, I don't mean to be critical. But it's more than that. You have to allow that to that truth, that statement to be with you throughout your day and to bug you, you know, um, in a way that you cannot get it off your mind. And I think in a similar way, when we come to this beatitude and we're talking, you know, uh, about um, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, like there's a similar thing. That hunger and thirst is there's big words there. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to get into all that, and just kind of as a final button up to that intro, mm-hmm. that uh, I hope at some point we can have a conversation about the sentiment that David expresses when he says, I delight in your Torah, like I rejoice mm-hmm. in it. And 
sitting on the other side of the work of Christ, we can some, I think there's been a tendency for us to look at the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, the Torah, the Pentateuch as, you know. Antiquated. Yeah. You hear that for sure. Obsolete, and, and it was all about punishment and reward, and now we don't have to do that. And I think that's a gross misrepresentation of what God was doing in in those stories and and with those things but um like what is it why would somebody delight in that why would mm-hmm. they why would they rejoice in that you know in what to us seems like a burden so I'd I'd love to I've, I've got thought now's not the time to get into all that but just that um I think for modern Christians the Bible is a burden a lot of the time and the Christian life is made a burden and I and I think a lot of it has to do with us not understanding what any of that actually means <laughs> but uh as a way to telegraph hopefully that we can have that conversation I've learned that if we say it out loud on the air often enough eventually we get tired of thinking about it and we have to sit down and talk about it so I'm saying it mm-hmm. out loud right now yeah or someone will remind us right that's right but the the matter at hand then is uh, Matthew chapter five verse six, which is blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied, or they will be filled, depending on what your translation may say. What sticks? I mean, I've got thoughts, but what sticks out to you about any of that? That's a broad question, Taylor. Mm-hmm. What sticks out to you about any of that? You see how um, I made you go first. You did, which, you know, normally I just run with it and talk too much. So uh, they're at least the last couple I feel like I have. But get, get it out of the way on the front end, right? I was going to give you an opportunity to... No, I... Uh, the first thing that pops into my head is my kids telling me they're starving. And I don't know why. But I read that, and that's what instantly I think of, you know, when my kids are hungry. And yeah. it's not like they haven't eaten all day, you know, or even yeah. all week. And, and, you know, as a parent, my comment is always, well, you're not starving. Mm-hmm. But there are people in this world who are. So maybe let's, let's get get our words right. Yeah. Um, words are important. But I, I, I that pops into my head just because um, it's not that they're even, you know, about to pass out because they haven't eaten. It's that they want more. And when I see hunger and, and thirst for righteousness, it's um, those words and thinking about eating and drinking. It's something you do throughout the day to sustain yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to make sure you're able to live a life in a healthy manner, in a uh, healthy state. I, I don't know. There's a lot of a lot of ways you can kind of compare that, but. Thinking of the, uh, I think of something that consumes you to the fact that you have to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Like this gnawing feeling that if you do not address it immediately, you, you may be in trouble, you know? <laughs> wow. Um, like, I, I, I have huh. got to quench this desire in a, in a big way. And we've... Hot dang, man. <laughs> That's yeah. good. That's real good. And I, I just, there, there's two sides of that that I go to after that is one, I, I don't think very many of us look at the word of God that way, hmm. um, our time with God, um, our righteousness, you know, which that's a whole other thought, you know, yeah, what is we'll, that? we'll get to that in a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but thinking about that hunger and thirst, and, and then I, I go to the side of, well, what do we hunger and thirst for? And that's even a scarier thing. Hmm. Um, 
because it's often, and, and we're you know no stranger to these conversations, obviously, but it's often our fame, our money, our desires, um, celebrities. You know, I, I, I listened to a conversation the other day, which, um, you know, you, you like who you like, and I get that, and I have my own people, but um, there were some people talking about Taylor Swift, who is huge, and I mm-hmm. get that, but like the way they were talking about it was just crazy to me. Um, and again, I'm sure I have that one thing or that one person or something, but it's just like, this is someone you don't know and you cannot get enough of them, mm-hmm. even though it will always just be this person that's out there that you're going to watch on TV and listen to or what, whatever. Um, and it was kind of this, you know, where, where does God fall up against that? Um, and again, I don't mean that condemnatory. I just mean that's a scary thing to think about, you know, and and it got me asking that, okay, well, what's the thing that I glorify to that point? Mm, Um, Yeah. Cause we all have something that that's there. Uh, And some of it's not even a bad thing, right? It's easy to put to hunger and thirst for your, your family time more than you hunger and thirst for, for time with God. And that seems like a noble thing on the outside, but that family time suffers if your time with, with Christ um, is not there. Now, again, I, that's the hunger and thirst part is kind of what I went to. There's a whole other thing with righteousness that we will discuss, but <laughs> yeah, those, those were my initial thoughts. And I know that's kind of heavy initial thoughts in some ways, but. Well, I mean, this is a, this is a weighty list. So I think. Uh, and we need to stop calling it a lot. Taylor? Ne- you... we, we need to stop calling it a list even. Cause I think. I know. Right. I was, didn't we just negate yeah. the fact that it's just a list? There's, but... there's a lot here. There, there, there. Is. is that a better way to say it? <laughs> Uh, I wasn't I wasn't torn up by what you said, but well, and we yeah. we've talked a lot about. Um, you said it a minute ago. E- even good things that you desire, even holy things that you desire, can become they they can mess up your focus if uh, if you're not pursuing the right things or the right person. I guess is a better way to put it. The the mm-hmm. whole like desires of your heart thing that God arguably puts in you at least to some degree you know we the desire to be loved the desire to not feel alone the the desire to feel significance and that god put things in creation and people in our life to you know reflect or um radiate or or express what he is like to us that's why we don't it's not Mm -hmm. good for people to be alone he said once and he was right and that is all true but any one of those images if you like, can is only that. It's only an image. It's only a reflection of of the real source, the real author of all good things. And so, mm-hmm. hungering for and thirsting for the wrong things, I think, yeah, I, I definitely get the point you're making. And I I, th- I also think um, I had a couple more thoughts. You know, so often we're, we 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 I feel like are so used to. Christianese to Bibleese to mm-hmm. the ways that Paul in particular talks and the kind of metaphors and idioms that he uses. But if we can zoom back from that a little bit, why is it hunger and thirst? Why isn't it just one or the other? Mm. And I wonder if it's to to communicate that like well, I'll get to the next thought and then I'll circle circle back to that one. So you know, there's hunger and thirst from just a base survival uh, perspective where, you know, your body is a machine that runs on these fuels. It needs a certain amount of protein, certain amount of carbs, calories, whatever, and it also needs a certain amount of liquid 
you know, every day, every week, every month, whatever, sure. just to continue to operate. And there's that base level of, I need fuel for survival. But then there's the added component component of savoring and enjoyment that comes with food and drink that, yes, I want to, obviously I want to not die. <laughs> I, I don't mm -hmm. want to starve to death, but I also want my meals to be enjoyable. I want the aroma. I want the right texture. I want this flavor. I have these flavors that I can't get enough of, you know, like I, I love Dr. Pepper, but I can't keep it in the house because I'll just sit there and drink it until it's gone. And that's not good for me. But like, that's that kind of smoky, sweet and spicy flavor is one of my favorite combinations. And it's just barbecue is the same way. <laughs> it's just, yeah. you know, it's just a wonderful combination of flavors. And so that that's what I think of in part that that hunger and thirst have the both components of survival and also enjoyment or savoring. And so mm -hmm. with those two words, I think Paul, well, not Paul, because he didn't write Matthew, <laughs> uh, uh, they, they encompass, they encompass the, the whole person. They, they encompass all of our kinds of desires, I guess, you know, like I, I want my family to be safe and I want them to not be under threat of harm. But I also want them to have fun and feel at ease and um, be able to enjoy all the good things that are part of the world. And that mm. both of those desires, when properly pointed, are good things. And so in a similar way to in De Deuteronomy, in, in Deuteronomy 6 in the Shema, where he says, love the Lord with all your strength, all that word strength in Hebrew, I forget what it is, but it's like all of your muchness <laughs> is the way yeah. that I heard one guy uh, translate it. All, all, every, all the resources you have should be directed towards God. And I wonder if this isn't an, an echo of that. You know, blessed are those who, with all of their desire, pointed in this direction. I think you're right. And, and then uh, that direction is kind of the other big side of that. Um you know, what does that mean? What does that look at? What, because it's one thing to understand that we all have, have longings, right? Or mm -hmm. desires that, that we want to be fulfilled, but more often than not, they're pointed somewhere where they likely shouldn't be. Yeah. So since in this passage, we are told where they should be pointed. Let's talk about that for a minute. Righteousness is one of those stupid freaking church words that <laughs> I think many of us grew up just getting thrown around left and right, and maybe we have a sense of what it's supposed to mean, but is that what it actually means? As We've talked many times about kind of reclaiming the uh, language of the Bible and mm -hmm. the meaning that's behind it instead of just throwing it around like it's going out of style. So uh, I think we've done this a little bit in past episodes, even about the Beatitudes. We, we did it about um, uh, blessed are the meek, that whole conversation. So when you hear righteousness, what do you think of? You know, I, I quickly go to holy as being, you know, because you just see righteous and holy together a lot in scriptures. It's the next word that comes up in my mind. Not that mm -hmm. it it means the same thing, but, you know, righteousness, I think of um, justice mm -hmm. um, is probably the word I would use if I had to define it in one word. Um which that's a word you've got to be careful to use in this day and in this day and age. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, justice or, um, you know, morals, Christ-like morals, I, I think of, because I don't know that righteous, and we've talked about this, you know, there's words we've used and it's like, well, is that an innately Christian word? Mm -hmm. And I don't guess righteousness necessarily is. 
that's enough wondering from me because I'll sit here and wonder for a long time. But yeah, I mean, I, I would say moral morals or I don't know. Morals seems like a weird thing to use too, but I don't know. The act of wanting justice, wanting things to be right. Hmm. I was going to ask you to further further quick. define justice. Justice, wanting, to, wanting things oh. to be right, I think is a good definition, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I heard um, a a good kind of modern definition of the word shalom. Usually, it gets translated peace, but more closer, more closer, closer to the the meaning of the word is everything in its place. Hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, with functioning as it originally intended, and mm-hmm. you know, justice is a restoration of of shalom. That'd be another way to to define it, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's why you know. There's there's part of me at times I say a word and I'm like, do I really want to use that? Just because you you say a word and you instantly go to, well, what is that word used for today? Yeah. And with a word like justice, what do you instantly go to? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you asking me? Yeah. Uh, a couple of things. One, the justice system, which is not that. Right. <laughs> that okay. If if any of y'all have read the book 1984, there's a line oh. about the the three major government ministries, and I, I think the I've got it on the shelf here somewhere, but um, the comment is the uh, the ministry of peace, which concerned itself with war, the ministry of truth, which concerns itself with lies, and the ministry mm. of love, which concerned itself with not not love. <laughs> I forget yeah. what the last one Hate. was. Or... Yeah, propaganda, yeah. basically. And, and and yeah, I mean that that's the first part of it is that I think of the perversion of that word. Yeah, uh, in that's, terms that's of, not what pops into my head. So that's interesting. Okay, Go, going straight to the justice system, but, and but I think that's the other yeah. thing is like the whole, um, like social justice warrior thing. Yeah, yeah, which that, is that's probably where, you, where I go. You were going. Which is also not justice. Um, yeah. it, it's more concerned with what our human mind sees as justice, as opposed to um, justice in God's eyes. So. I think it's it's scary to use words like that, and that's why I said it. And I was like, oh, I don't know that I like that I said that. But well, the um, the thing is, this illustrates the challenge of interpreting Jesus's words in our day and age. That mm-hmm. uh, so many of the words have been co opted, and they now mean something different. And so, to get to the original meaning, you have to do the Psalm one thing. There is no other way. There is you have to do the the other things we've talked about about. You have to give it the sense. You have to make it legible. Um, like this is this is why we need good teachers. This is why we need the wisdom and accountability of of community with other believers. Is because mm-hmm. often the truth has to like the pearl. The truth is buried in a field somewhere, and you got to get through all these weeds and dirt to get to the good stuff. And you know, like the, I I sort of get impatient with the whole the Bible says. You know, it's in the Bible. God said it. That settles it. Like, well, that's. It's never been the case that it's that easy. It's just yeah. not because life under the sun in Babylon, as exiles trying to bear the name of our Savior, is is difficult. And I don't mean to make excuses, but it's. I mean, that's why we need the Holy Spirit to help make this stuff clear. That's why we need our brothers and sisters in Christ. That's. Because the you know the wiles of the enemy are many, and the world, the flesh, and the devil are trying to tear all this stuff down actively, and that's what mm-hmm. makes that's what I mean. <laughs> as y'all are here, and that's kind of what makes this difficult sometimes. What and I, and I like the using it kind of as 
to your point, you know, almost in the same way as Shalom, um, where it's kind of bringing things back into order, because mm-hmm. that's the mission that God has been on since, since, you know, they were right? Yeah. I mean, it's always been about bringing things back into restoration with him. That comes with some serious implications. Mm-hmm. And, and you mentioned that, you know, it, it's not ever that easy. And I think it's a challenge because a lot of people try to make it that easy. Yeah. And as long as things are within order within their world, their comfort, their security, their safety, their paycheck, their platform, their whatever, you know, that's five fingers. I could keep going. <laughs> what, as long as they're jiving with what they want, that's what they're pursuing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's their righteousness, so to speak, right? In quotes, um, we're on a podcast, so it doesn't matter that I make them with my fingers, <laughs> does it? But, you know, that, that's, that is what is righteousness for them. And they will try to justify, and that is order for them. But that's not God's order. Yeah, God's order, as as much as I may offend people, is not as concerned with our paycheck or our platform or our safety or our comfort. I'm not saying God doesn't want those things for us, but ultimately it's His glory, hmm. and we don't like that righteousness all the time. So, like the whole, I guess you'd call it the Calvinism Arminianism debate, if you like, you know. Uh, Closed versus open. I I don't even know how to how you would de- define it now. I feel like both camps, if you will, their perspective ha- have blind spots when it comes to um, when it comes to how God relates to us and what He's after. And that sometimes you need to hear that this just is not about you and what mm-hmm. you think is good. <laughs> and you know that you may you know there is going to be hardship and suffering if you're going to follow. Jesus. There just is. And that doesn't, and sometimes it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. That's just life. And other times that you need to hear that, you know, God is not angry at you and these things are not happening because you messed something up. It, um, that you are, you know, a beloved son or a beloved daughter and Mm -hmm. he's in pursuit of you. And so even talking about the, I'm not sure any of this is helpful, but I'll just finish the thought. Um, even talking about it being about God's glory. Well, that isn't in some kind of like God self-aggrandizing or putting himself on a pedestal kind of way, but wrapped up in the glory of God is his goodness in relation to his creation Mm -hmm. and and the invitation to participate in all the ways that he is good that benefit us. So it isn't just about, because I, you know, I used to hear that a lot when I was younger, and it started to bother me more and more. God just wants to get glory. God just wants to get glory. And I started to think, well, he sure sounds selfish to me. <laughs> you know. And I, I'm going to tease this thought out because this is, this, this is a little uncomfortable. But there's all that stuff in Corinthians about love is, not pa- or love is patient and kind and doesn't seek its own way and isn't puffed up and seeks the good as others and trying to reconcile. So God is willing to sacrifice me to whatever just because he wants glory. We got to tease that out a little bit, you know, and yeah. that it isn't, it isn't just about, it isn't a look at me kind of glory necessarily. It is like this, I, I, I'm the treasure of all things good and any, and all the goodness that there is resides in me. Orienting towards that will bring nothing but good for you, even if you don't understand it. Yeah. None of that may make any sense. <laughs> no, it, it, it does. And and I think it brings up a good point because I think, yeah, because I didn't know if, if you were going off the rails and you're not. You mentioned that. So I was like, oh, where's he going? But I think, you're, <laughs> I think you're right on with something, man. I think it it's a problem that sometimes we hear. And I do it too. And you're alluding to the fact that you've done it. So again, 
we don't mean this as condemnation to anyone, but when we hear something about God getting glory, we shouldn't take that as some power-hungry guy. Mm-hmm. I, I listened to a guy a little bit ago, and I he's a guy who is trying to make God known in places that are hard to make God known, um, and that's an understatement. But he said, you know, the hardest thing sometimes is just doing what he's here to do. And he said, it's to understand that I was created by God for God. Mm-hmm. And I wrote it down because it was so simply stated, but so true. Like, and sometimes we hear that and it's like, to your point, man, God's on this power trip. And that's not what it's about. But if we understand who God is and understand his character fully, well, why do we have a problem with that? You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, with God using us for his glory. Like that's, we were created for here. Now that's not as eloquently said, like, you know, what, what's the, is it Redmond that, or Tomlin that had the made to worship song or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. but he, he made us to be here to make him known. And I do, I get what you're saying. Um, and I don't know, I don't love the whole Calvinist, Arminianist terms. I, I yeah. obviously read the Bible a certain way, whether I'm wrong or right, but those are named after people who read it a certain way. And then for whatever reason, we use their names for it. Yep. And yep. <laughs> I think that's kind of weird, even though often if someone asked me, where I'm at on that issue, I would probably use that to describe it um, yeah. in some way, maybe with some caveats. But man, I don't know. There's a lot wrapped up there. So maybe, yeah. maybe we are going off the rails. But I, <laughs> I do think if we fully kind of to your point of going back and, and looking at these a certain way, if we're truly poor in sp- spirit and allowing ourselves to understand who we are and humbling ourselves and whatever, then I don't think we hear something like that and instantly think, think of ourselves as peons to put it in a, mm-hmm. a very maybe easy way you know what i mean yeah and maybe i just you know rattled incoherently for five minutes about that but no i don't i don't think so but because c- the the latter half of the verse we'll just go ahead and, and get to it <laughs> hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied so taking the the righteousness word i, I looked it up and obviously you know Paul didn't come up with the Greek language, so he's pulling from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, why do I keep freaking saying Paul? <laughs> Paul didn't write Matthew. I'm, I'm just going to let it go. We'll, oh we'll my move gosh! Anyway, or just put a disclaimer because he wrote so much, so much of the New Testament. Anyway, freaking a people. Uh, I mean that that word righteousness exists in the Greek language already, and it meant something else before they started using it in the Bible. So I looked right. it up, and the, its most basic value it's it's a um, a ju- how, how do they put it? Uh, a verdict of judicial approval. Hmm. So, insofar as the court is concerned, you're good. Our assessment of you is good. You you pass. In, yeah, you yeah. pass. Um, that that's the most base. Obviously, the the biblical authors use that term a lot of different ways. Justice is one. It gets like the King James translated as as. Um, as just a lot or righteous gets translated as the just like the whole uh that famous verse from habakkuk the righteous will live by faith mm-hmm. in king james it's the just will live by faith kind of similar okay thing. yeah but the the connotation being that like in so far as the law or the court is concerned we have nothing to you know we have nothing to get on to you for justice is interesting to me the thread of justice through the torah because it isn't just about, and I think this is where the bio, the Old Testament comes in for 
criticism from Christians when we really haven't done the the work to dig in um, to what's actually going on there. We don't look past the laws, but it wasn't just about follow these rules because this is the right thing to do. It was about producing the right kind of people who would spread shalom around them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much in there, and this is <laughs> this is something that it, there's a particular political uh, persuasion that does not like this part about the Bible. But there's an awful lot in there about widows and orphans and mm-hmm. immigrants, and how you're not supposed to defraud them or treat them bad. We don't want to talk about that, but <laughs> even things like, hey, put things around the top of your house, help your neighbor whom you may hate get his ox out of the ditch. Don't harvest the edges of your field. Leave those so that those mm-hmm. less fortunate will have will have something to eat. It, it's and I think this is where you rightly point out the difference in like social justice and justice as God would define it, is that it's not a free ride for everybody. It, yeah. But it is a rhythm of mindfulness of what are the needs around me and how should I respond to them and that it is about everything in its place not that somebody gets a free ride but that everyone is cared for and that those who are able to do more those who have more would feel compelled because they've been shaped by god to respond in this way and then it isn't about putting laws on the books of the land it's about writing on the tablets of our heart as Mm -hmm. as um it's put later in i think jeremiah and that um Hungering and thirsting for a situation in which the lawgiver has nothing bad to say about you, not because of your own morality and not and, and it not even necessarily being about salvation and punishment and reward, but that again, think of who he's writing to. He's writing to Jews primarily, I believe, in Matthew. And what would they be thinking when they heard about hungering and thirsting for righteousness or God's justice? Well, they'd be thinking of all that stuff in Exodus and Leviticus where God demonstrated what his justice could look like for them living and living where they did and when they did. But I think the more profound thing about it is, is the end. Like we're talking about, you know, God being after glory. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied or they shall be filled. Like how, how would, (laughs) How can you be filled with righteousness? How can you be filled to the brim with justice? That word filled uh, means complete a lot of the time when it's when it's used. How, how can you be yeah. complete in that? How can you have so much of it that you're that you're full to the brim? And what it makes me think of is like if you hunger and thirst for the right things, it's that desires of your heart. God knows about this. You will be satisfied. You will be filled. So yeah. if you have a if you you know if the wording about God being after glory bugs you, then like you said that your understanding of it needs to be more all encompassing. It's not that God is looking for big cosmic high fives. It's that He's wanting you to acknowledge that He His goodness, His unique mm-hmm. goodness, His holiness, His otherness, in such a way that understands that you get to participate in that. You will be satisfied. You will be filled if you hunger and thirst for the right things. You look at the Beatitudes as a whole. And that's what you're seeing is these things that just, just this confusion, you know, that's, that's why we've been spending time on this. But, um, it, often in these conversations, it's been like, man, that said so simply, where do we screw it up so badly? You, you said it earlier. We hunger and thirst for the wrong things. Yeah. We define righteousness and justice as, as something else. 
and we are not satisfied. We are not content to wait to be satisfied with the right things. Because thinking about hungering and thirsting, you may or may not be able to do something about that right away. You know, maybe you have some chips in your pantry, but it's you're probably going to have to get out of your chair and walk to the kitchen at the very least. And if that's the, you know, the most of your food, the most of our food problems. Now I'm not going to say that we're going to cut that out. Um, no, I, no, you, you don't, don't cut it out. You bring up a good point, man. I We've mean, gotten we, so stinking lazy that we're not willing to even do a little bit of work though to, and I don't know that that's completely where you're going, but that's what I started thinking. Okay. Okay. You know? Keep going. Cause think about that. If you're hungry, really hungry, right? Mm-hmm. You get up and get the stinking chips. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you I don't know, man. It, it, I'm trying not to just go off on a tangent that doesn't make sense to anybody. Um, but I do. I, th- I think we've gotten spiritually lazy. And there's a lot of, a lot of believers who are content playing house instead of pursuing what God calls us to pursue. Hmm. And, and, and myself included at times. Again, I, I'm not... I hope people have listened to us enough to know like that, that we're a part of this, but there are times in my life where it seems like I'm content showing up at church on Sunday and being a part of a life group, Sunday school, whatever you want to call it, um, and saying the few good things. And that that's just not what it's about. Um, that there's a difference in hungering and thirsting for the per the appearance of righteousness versus actual righteousness. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of our fellow believers, <laughs> we're in this together. Again, let me be clear on that. We're, we're content to just play the game. And, and it's evident in our lives. It's seen, but we're going to ignore that. There's a band that we both used to listen to. Maybe we still do sometimes, I don't know. But I remember <laughs> there was a there's a particular couple of albums that uh that that I really liked. And then over the course of the next few years it just seemed like the fire kinda died and they're they're sort of a caricature of themselves now, I think. And my comment on them was that they just don't they, they lost the hunger. They don't sound hungry mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. They got what they wanted, they got the success. They got the platform, they got the people, and can kind of just spit something out every few years and people lap it up. And it's like, why, how can you be hungry when you're, you know, sitting on a, sitting on a chaise lounge with people bringing you grapes? <laughs> That's mm-hmm. a dumb analogy. But, but I, I, I think, <laughs> I think similarly when, when we get our spiritual lives on a platter, without really considering what it is that we're, quote, eating, if you like, then it's like it, it, there's a certain kind of food that if you eat nothing but that, like like cheap fast food or whatever, is it It gets to where that's all you want to eat, and it's readily accessible, and it's not good for you. A lot of flavor hmm. and not much substance, I guess you would say. So that that's an interesting angle, too. Um, I, did, did we tell everybody this was going to be a two-hour episode? Um, <laughs> Because, you know, you, you mentioned that. Think about cultures where, you know, rice, they've got plenty of, mm-hmm. but not much other things, so they're malnourished. And there is plenty of teaching out there if you want to sit and listen to 
you know, again, in quotes, biblical teaching, you can get it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Is all of it righteous? Hmm. Yeah, I, I I think anybody who's listened to the show before will know that. <laughs> no, we do, we don't think that it is. And the same goes for art and you yeah. know sermons and songs and books and anything that people of faith make that that no, not all of it is of substance. None of it, not all of it is a meal that is nutritious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There there's such thing as heresy, and we've had episodes about that, <laughs> but. Still couldn't tell you what it is, but we know it's out there. Yeah. That's a joke, folks. <laughs> There's sometimes you can't help but notice it, right? Uh, yeah. But I saw something the other day that was interesting, and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> but I'll have him tell me off the air. I'll bet it's juicy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When we, when we have, a, you know, patrons or a club or something, that can be our after show. <laughs> okay. Things we didn't say. <laughs> um but yeah, I uh, I don't know, man. It's tough. Um, and admittedly, it's very easy to pick apart the things that I don't have trouble with and then not yeah. focus on the things that I do. And so that's my uh, probably uh, excessive mention of, hey, this is me too, just so it doesn't come across that way. But I don't know. That back to the not back to the full comment, but just alluding to it, you know, the uh, Taylor Swift has that, what's her tour called, Eras? Yeah. And I got, I just thought it was funny. It's like everyone loves it, and someone told me, no, it's so cool because they're going through and it's every album, or which is cool. That's <laughs> yeah. cool. Uh, if it I'm, was an artist I loved, I'd be all about it, I'm sure. Um, yeah. She's talented, just not not my thing personally. But, um, but you know, it, it's one of those things, well, hey, there's this book that goes through eras of, biblical history and what's <laughs> happened in, and there, there's not a whole lot of us that are as uh, enthusiastic about it you know my comment um, w- to my comment was she got all y'all with a greatest hits to her and nobody noticed that's right, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> which it's it's somebody's real good at business over there on her team oh yeah I'm saying. yeah uh, no, a lot of what she's done is impressive for sure the the thing um, is man so, as so many times we've talked about that like some of this is just the, our sin nature and, again, the world, the flesh, and the devil messing up our perspective. That's always mm-hmm. going to be there. I think we're always going to struggle with sin. We're always going to struggle to try and listen to the voice of God. All that is true. But also, you know, the the food that you eat trains you as to what you should be hungry for. And mm-hmm. what you continually put in your body shapes what your body expects and how it processes and the body that you build, frankly. Not, not even talking about like like uh, weight loss or fitness or whatever. That's just how you, the human body works. Well, if you eat nothing but crap, that is going to produce certain results. You're not going to feel well. You're not going to have the energy. You're going to have to eat more and more over time to get the same amount of nutritional value. And it's, as you said, it's, it's, a, narrow, it's a narrow bandwidth of what you can glean from that. So you yeah. go back to it more often than you would have to. Well... The same can be said of much, I don't know about most, but much of the teaching, the songs, the books, the conferences, just I, I, I think the nutrients are not there a lot of the time. And that it yeah. is it is trained 
a a nation, a people of consumers in the literal sense, like if we're using the food analogy, who just want Big Macs. Yep. Sometimes you gotta find your broccoli, right? That's right. That's right. Something's gotta be a challenge sometimes. It, it's it's the old narrative of like, well, you have to want the good enough to put up with the fact that you don't like what you're eating. And I just don't think that that works for anybody. And so, you know, I, I at one time had particularly poor eating habits in my life, and that caused a lot of problems. But the thing for me was not learning to like stuff I didn't like, but to learn to love things that were good for me. Hmm. Or to yeah. construct a rhythm of things that I did like that also were healthy for me and just cutting out the stuff that wasn't or cutting, making it be less. So it's not like if you hate the Bible, I, I really don't know what to say to you. <laughs> like you're, you're in the wrong mm. religion. I don't know. Um, you know that the parts of it that are challenging, the parts of it that are not fun. I don't, I don't mean maybe don't start there. It's just that you, you have to have a hunger and a thirst for something when it comes to God of substance that, like the yeah. end, I, I, I just, that, that's one of those things that's, I, I think, that Jesus would say to his disciples sometimes, like, yeah, this is, this is hard teaching. He's like, well, uh, he who has ears, I don't know. I think the invitation is that there is so much in the storehouse that is worth hungering and thirsting after. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that's kind of the name of the game, really. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, there, and there's a purpose for all of it. You know, I, um, I think hmm. it's not one of those things where you can just say, I'm going to sit down and read my Bible this long every day, and that's going to produce righteousness. Mm -hmm. If you're just reading to be reading and not actually focusing, you know, I think back to the the younger years of reading comprehension quizzes, right? (laughs) If you're just reading to get it done and not truly focusing on the text and trying to understand it and trying to realize why it's written that way, because you're right, some of it's uncomfortable, but why? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what is being said there? If you're not doing that, um, that result is never going to be a Christ-like viewpoint or attitude or uh, it's I, just not. And you I know, think, again, it's, it's that appearance of that because you're sitting down for how long and reading, but you have to truly be wanting to chew on it, right, yeah. in order to get there. Well, I think this is potentially a good segue into that other conversation I mentioned I wanted to have. We're not going to do it right now, but like, why would anybody hunger... Like, why would anybody want to sit around and chew on this? Why would David delight in it? You know? Mm. And we know we're told we're supposed to do that, and it's just we have trouble finding reasons to or ways to, or at least this has been the case for me in the past anyway. I think I'm in a little bit different spot now. But how do we... we we got to find that hunger. We've got to find that thirst, which means that <laughs> I feel like we stumbled onto this other thread that's hard to put into words. Yeah. Of like, why why have we lost our hunger and our thirst? And why are we allowing ourselves to be satisfied by other things? I think so much of it, you come across things. Um, we've talked about this a little bit in church. We're doing a, a survey of the Bible. And sometimes you come across things that are just like, oh man, you know? <laughs> like we, we just went through Zephaniah and... and and there's a, quite a few books around there that are like this, where there's just a whole lot of judgment text. Mm-hmm. The, the way I've been saying it in our in our home church is like, hey, here's some of these Christian metal lyrics that you hear, because it's just like <laughs> these like heavy, hardcore punishment, like, oh, 
sounds and, and that's what I told him. Like these, these literally sound like you know. Uh, these are not Christian the folk lyrics, songs. These are the metal songs. They are not. <laughs> but correct. then after that, you see hope. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes maybe the hope isn't as doesn't seem as great if you don't understand the lack of hope. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, we, we've talked a lot about understanding who we really are so we can understand how great God is, mm-hmm. you know. And if we're talking about the Bible as a work of art, we've talked a lot about art that doesn't shy away from the real without excusing, you know, obscenity. That's We have a whole episode on that. But that, yeah, sometimes you need... Some, I think that's why a lot of that's there and why we should care about it now after many of mm-hmm. those admonitions you know serve their purpose in their day but we they continue to be important because people haven't really changed since then uh, despite the whatever you may hear of a current narrative nor was there a time when everything was awesome that we need to get back to people are still people (laughs) the enemy is still the enemy and you know there's still a need for the prophetic voice to call us to account sometimes and sometimes that voice you know, God doesn't ever start off just coming and swinging a hammer at people. He, there are so many chances, and, you know, he, he leads with gentleness. And there comes a point where it's like, I mean, we if you have children, you know this, there comes a time when, like, okay, the third time I say that gently is, is going to produce no result. I have to get stern. I have to get mm-hmm. your attention. And I think <laughs> the Bible's metal songs, that's so good. <laughs> oh, I've got to remember that. Uh, yeah I'm telling you man read Zephaniah you yeah. see what I mean yeah I just always thought it was so profound that if you hunger and thirst for righteousness you will be filled like in the literal sense that's pretty profound not filled with what yeah because here's the thing whatever it is you're hungering and thirsting for if you're taking it in it's it's gonna it's gonna fill you with something, you know what I mean? Yeah, it'll be full of something. <laughs> but, uh, the, but uh, the way it yeah. took shape shape in my mind is again that word filled is also translated complete sometimes. Yeah. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be complete. And that you can be so filled with righteousness with justice that you you have no lack. Hmm. The Lord is my shepherd. I want for nothing.